Davis. Her season's going to end on a double doink. One. Unbelievable. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deek. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. Fellas, have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning. The drapes need dusting. And your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung and the global leaders on below the waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear your winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, DOINK. Manscaped is a full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The performance package 4.0 is the only tool you'll need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave of your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof as well? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool equipped with an LED light so you know it will be a major asset to the new shower routine. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provide proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Make sure to clean those delicate holes Ladies and gentlemen, get 20% off and free shipping code doink at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping, code doink at manscaped.com. This episode is also sponsored by BetterHelp. Not everyone has someone they can lean on and talk to. That's where BetterHelp comes in. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. If you've ever searched for a counselor in your area, you know it can take weeks or even months just to get a phone call back. With BetterHelp, you can start communicating in as little as 48 hours. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash double doink podcast. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash double doink podcast. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Episode is also brought to you by CoolBet. Perfect time to get your deposit in NFL draft just around oh, the corner. Oh, yeah. CoolBet is the most transparent gaming company in the world. CoolBet also provides the best odds in Canada with world-class customer service. For first-time users, use deposit code DOINK for a 100% welcome bonus up to $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That's code DOINK, and CoolBet will match your first deposit up to $200. Give our friends at CoolBet Canada a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CoolBet Canada. CoolBet, stay cool and bet responsibly. Have you swung your sticks yet this summer? Is it? Yeah. Where did, you, where did you go? 
I've been to the driving range a couple times, and Monica and I played a little uh, nine. Why am I just first time I'm just hearing about this? Well, we were in Mississauga last. <laughs> oh, weekend. okay. So you did it last. So you went Mississauga with. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I can't go on Sunday without swinging a club. You have to go to the range yeah. before. You're you, just burning money. Let's go know. tomorrow. You're yeah. on tomorrow. Yeah, let's let's do. It. Let's definitely go tomorrow. You have to. You're just wasting money if you show up to the first tee and haven't swung a club. Yet. <laughs> I was thinking like I'm gonna send a ball like 90 degree angle fast <laughs> yeah. and hard at someone's dome if I go to Glen Cedars without swinging. Well, yeah, I'm pumped, man, because golf season's here. So starting Monday, we can start booking tee times. Our membership kicks in a week Monday. It's perfect. NFL drafts ends and then it's it's freaking golf season it is it's it, golf season today just is the most beautiful day start the weekend yeah fired up i know i'm pumped um did you see today that tom brady restructured his contract have you seen I this i saw it come across my twitter i didn't look heavily into it so What's tom the... so tom brady restructured his deal with tampa bay it saves them nine million in cap space for this year can i throw a theory your way that freeing up money for the Debo Samuel trade? Tyron Matthew. Oh. That's the one that, that's what came to mind for me. Yeah, I guess why would they wouldn't restructure this if they didn't have something in mind. Who's starting at safety? I haven't looked. Who starts at safety at Tampa Bay right now? Um uh the guy his father played. Why am I blanking on his name? Oh, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Winfield, yeah, yeah, Winfield Jr. Uh, no and they lost Whitehead to the Jets. Yeah, that's true. So did they have, do they have a spot open there? Probably. Why hasn't Matthew signed yet? I don't know. It's Why been hasn't Jadavian Clowney signed <laughs> yeah, yet? There's some good... Did you know Larry Ogunjobi is still a free agent? Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. What do you... So what happened... So I guess because... What was the Bears contract they tried to give him? Three or 40? And with was it like 30-something guaranteed? Around that. But yeah, yeah, something with his foot. And yeah. He didn't clear his physical. So I'm assuming a lot of teams don't want to touch it. Right now, Logan Ryan is their starting free safety. They signed him. Okay. Actually, I don't know. They also have Keanu Neal. They brought him in. Um, yeah, they, I guess they don't really have a spot of safety. Yeah. Maybe, well, maybe they're just going to add depth. I guess Brady probably just wants to go. He's all in every year, right? So whatever Brady can do to build the best team, he's going to do. He did it his whole career yeah. in New England. I think that I feel like that's an under-talked about maybe just goatness of Tom Brady is just how much money he left on the table. Yeah, every single year. It's a lot easier to do when your wife makes that yeah. kind of dough. Did she? Do you think she made more money than him during his career? I'm pretty sure she did. At one point, I thought she was like the highest earning model in the world. I don't know if that's accurate, but I believe she was up there. The genes on his on their children, man. Did you perfect see, DNA? Did you see the video of him just like posting up his kid in the basketball court the other day? Yeah, <laughs> just got a nice shot at him. His jumper's smooth. Yeah, right? he's he got does. good good for him. Hey, he's in the next match. Do you care for these no. matches? No, right, so no. I wanted to actually ask you about. Thanks for bringing this up. So you don't. I have zero yeah. interest in a golf match without professional golfers in the match. Same. Like and you, like there's no there's no beef with Mahomes and Brady. Is there like are they trying to build it up? Like there's yeah. Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers have no beef. Like there's <laughs> yeah. no drama there. That's like, a good point. They're probably all just buddies. Like, why not why not split them apart, split them into two and get you can get four professional golfers. Yeah. So like, you can be included with it. Like, I don't the really... Bryson and Brooks Kepko one had like some juice just because yeah. of the beef, right? But mm -hmm. like there was something there and they're pro golfers. Like Exactly. Like I don't want right. to see quarterbacks 
go play golf. Like it does, yeah. doesn't it doesn't excite me. It excites me when yeah, like you said, like a Brooks Kepka or Bryson DeChambeau is right by their side because then it just it adds like you get to see a professional golfer play. Like we, that's what fans want to see. I like. Put them on a hockey rink, maybe. Maybe it'd be more exciting. Right. <laughs> yeah. I actually right. don't think many of them can probably skate, but yeah. I don't know. It's just like I, it doesn't like another sport, a basketball. I don't know. Just yeah. them on a golf course just doesn't doesn't do it for me. No juice. Um. Okay. I think that's it. We can just kind of dive into it. So Eric and I are going to be breaking down. We got a. This is a weird combo here. So we got we got cornerbacks, we got safeties, and we got the big boys. So what's in total? So we have four corners. Two safeties and four offensive tackles, right? Offensive linemen. Yeah. Okay, so that adds up. So that's 10. So Eric and I each have five players. So I'll name them out right now just for you. So I have Derek Stingley, um, Kara Elam, Kara Elam, D- Dax Hill, Charles Cross, and, I- and Ikum Ikwanu. That's who I got. Can you name your guys? Just so just we gotta get it out there. Yeah. It's such a random option of them, right? I'm going Ahmad, Sauce Gardner, Trent McDuffie. Kyle Hamilton, Tyler Lindenbaum, and Evan Neal. You want to start? Yeah. Why don't we start with the big boys? You want to go? Do you want to go big boys first, or do you want to go secondary? Yeah, I can't wait to talk about this guy. So I'm going to start with Tyler Lindenbaum. Oh, here we go. I you have a crush on him. I knew this is this this guy's up your alley. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, he's an offensive lineman from Iowa, so I'm instantly going to like him. Yep. Born and raised in Iowa, he grew up only about 15 miles away from campus. And get this guy's high school career. Was quite the athlete in high school. He played two ways on the football team. He hit 346 for the baseball team. (laughs) He was an outstanding wrestler. He defeated his future teammate Tristan Wirfs at the 2017 regionals um, in wrestling. What? He was second in the state at shot put, third in the state for discus. He also received scholarship offers for basketball and golf. What the? Did this guy go to class yeah. or just play sports? <laughs> like, that is quite the resume for Mr. Linderbaum. Basically sounds like this guy was just the good at every sport. Whatever sport he decided to play, he was going to be good at it. And interestingly, when he committed to university it was as a defensive tackle hmm. so he's so good at all these sports and ends up be choosing defensive tackle which he is now as we know a center mm-hmm. his coach convinced him to move to o-line for his sophomore season and that's when his career took off he started every single one of the possible next 35 games over that three-year span and last year he had a tremendous year he won the award for the top center in the country He's a smaller guy at 6'2", so probably a center only. Probably can't move over to guard. Oh, he's a center. Yeah. He may struggle a bit in pass protection, but he projects as an elite run blocker in a zone scheme. Is I see a little bit of Jason Kelsey in him. Is that uh too yeah, far of a stretch? No, that's been a that's been a huge yeah. that's been like a well known comparison between the two is a is a Kelsey comparison. I'm pretty sure he idolized Kelsey as well. Like he he follows his game after him. Yeah, there, there's a, there's a lot of similarities in the, in their games. Right. So I think whoever drafts this guy is going to get a starting caliber center in the NFL for the next ten years. Yeah, day one. You can argue yeah. he's got probably the longest. Potential longest tenure out of anyone in this draft. Uh, you could argue he could maybe might have the best career out of anyone in this draft. Just 
the thing, the thing, what reason why he's not getting a lot of love is centers don't typically go high. Like you have to be a Tyler Lindenbaum type player to draft a center in the first round. Yeah, exactly. He, it's not a position of, I don't know if the word's value. Well, the value might, I think it's just, there's a lot of good ones and you just don't really need to reach, like you can find them in a bucket, right? Like there's usually not like a star center out there, like a Linderbaum. There's usually like five or six of them grouped at the top. Like for instance, Jason Kelsey was a sixth round pick, right? Yeah. So like, it just goes to show you just need to get them in your building. Yeah. You can develop them. Dane has him as his 19th overall prospect. Yeah. I wish we asked him if how, if he's had a center ever higher in his I'm assuming beast. not. Yeah, I'm assuming not. Like he's yeah. got to be one of the highest ranked center prospects we've ever seen. And yeah, where he's scheduled to go in that back half of the first round could be a team looking to win now. That's just getting their starting center for the next decade. So I, I think whoever grabs him is going to be thrilled. No, 100%. Um, He's a fun guy. There's a clip of him. There's a couple of clips of him, like literally running like 40 yards downfield and blocking guys. Like he's got <laughs> yeah, that Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Like if you want to go watch like fun center play, like I, I don't know how many of our listeners are like are pumped to go watch centers on YouTube, but this is a guy that I would definitely go check out. He's 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 electric. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue this going here with the big boys. I'm gonna go Charles Cross. Charles Cross grew up in Laurel, Mississippi. Played both offensive tackle and defensive tackle in high school. Was an absolute baller. Led their team to state championships. Was a terrific player. Ended up being a five-star recruit coming out. Cross was the number five defensive tackle in the 2019 recruiting class. Number 27th overall. And the second recruit in the state of Mississippi. Only behind linebacker N'Kobe Dean. Who is also going to be drafted in this draft. He originally committed to Willie, Target, Willie Taggart in Florida State the summer before the senior year. But decommitted in November. He narrowed his final choice to Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and USC before committed to hometown Mississippi State. He is the definition of a good pass blocker. There's th That's it. He's probably, if you talk to some people, and he was uh, Stephen Ruiz, who we had on yesterday. If you haven't listened to the episode, go check it out after you listen to this one. Stephen Ruiz loves a Charles Cross. Just He said he just does it all. He's just like the most refined kind of just pass blocker in this draft. Probably, I'd take him maybe a, a refined pass blocker over Evan Neal and, um, and Aquanu. Can step in day one and start like he instantly when you draft him he's going to be a starting left tackle in this league right out the gate um doesn't overset does like he just has great form doesn't overset guys doesn't reach for guys great balance and his length shows up on tape he's got really long arms and a good body build the one weakness and i so this is funny because i actually was researching i was curious who was coaching at mississippi state um and mike leach and i was researching his offense he runs an air raid offense so whenever I see that in, in college, it scares me because air raid offenses in college means you got wide sets. You're not doing a lot of pass blocking. You're not doing a lot of just like on an island blocking, right? Like your air raid is supposed air raid offenses are meant to basically help your offensive linemen not be on islands and help them out just with the wide splits and whatnot. So I just he did, they didn't run a pro style offense. I guess what the Cardinals run some sort of air raid offense if you want, but like that's the only team in the NFL that kind of does it. So. Um, he doesn't. He hasn't played in a pro style gig. So can he do it? Can he go on islands and go at guys that are running wide nines? Like if Miles Garrett's on a wide nine set and Charles Cross in front of you, like it's, that's going to be kind of the key. Can he kind of take a guy over on an island on the outside? Uh, summary: I think Charles Cross again is going to step in and be a, a starting left tackle. He's got a great career in front of him. 
just there's he doesn't have like the athletic he doesn't have the freak athletic traits doesn't have the freak athletic build like Evan Neal and Aquanu. So that's why I I think there is a gap between the two and Charles Cross, but some people just will take him just because the floor is very high with him. So um I yeah. think he's probably worth a top fifteen pick and probably might go top ten. So yeah, he's probably gonna be drafted right where he should be. Yeah, because I there is definitely a drop off past him from three to four, right? Mm-hmm. So you can maybe say there's a little gap between two and three, but there's a massive gap between three and four. So I do think that pushes him probably into the top 12 of this draft. I like the fact that he he played at Mississippi State in the SEC. He faced Alabama's front. He faced Georgia's front um, his in his career. So even though it's an air raid offense, might not transition to the pro-style game, but he's faced good opponents his whole career. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm high on cross, and I agree with what you said. The floor is really high. So if you're – like last – like last year, Rashawn Slater went, I believe, 13th overall. This year, I think there's going to be three tackles selected before 13th. Yep, I agree. I think like Cross is probably, I don't think, I'm trying to think who's that. Minnesota's 11 or Minnesota's a 12. I'm assuming a team might even, if Cross makes it past 10, like I'm assuming the New York Jets at 10, there's a team that might want to jump up and grab them there. Like if like the Chargers, for instance, right? You can move him to right tackle. The Chargers are a team to watch out for for trade up for Charles Croft, hundred percent. If he starts falling, you can jump up and take him. Good luck. I'll go to Evan Neal next. Uh, he was one of eight children growing up in Florida. He was three hundred and thirty pounds as a freshman in high school. Pretty big fella. He's now six foot seven and sitting around three fifty. Five-star recruit, number one tackle prospect in his recruiting class. Big shocker, Nick Saban was able to land the number one recruit. Wow, can't believe that. He is a massive human being. That's his strength. He's a scary-looking man. He's just a monster of a man, and he's got wide hips. That's going to allow him to carry his weight. He's a very flexible guy for his size, and you heard it in the defensive edge preview. He's got the long arms. He's got those tackle size arms that are essential for uh, pass protection at the next level. He's a big time competitor and he was a team captain at Alabama. He checks all the intangible boxes. Weaknesses, he can be a little inconsistent in the run game. Um, And coaching staff and conditioning staff might have to keep an eye on his weight. He did reach at one point in high school 390 pounds. He was a little overweight in high school, but Alabama, he kind of – Alabama's a pro-style yeah. program, right? So he did keep his weight in check in college. You'll have to do the same at the pro it's level. It's never been a problem for him. Like, yeah. he still moves. Like, he's a massive man. Like, you think a guy his size, he should probably maybe tone it down, lose some weight, but no. Like, it's been fine with him. It's worked for his body type. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And as a freshman, he played left guard. As a sophomore, he played right tackle, and as a junior, he played left tackle. Mm -hmm. So three years straight for this Alabama offense, he's uh, done whatever the coaching staff has asked of him, him. and depending on who he gets drafted by, he's expected to be a top three pick. I don't think he's out of play for the number one overall pick because he can play right tackle and guard. Jacksonville did just franchise tag Cam Robinson, but... Because of Neil's versatility, he's still in play for the number one overall pick. 
And that's all I got. Oh, that's all you got. Okay, yeah. I thought you were continuing <laughs> yeah. on that one. Um, no, hundred percent agreed. Uh, I was. I, I want to tail that that conversation off to my Ikemakwanu take, but yeah, like this is a massive human being. Played at Alabama, started. I believe you started as a freshman, correct? Yeah. Like he's played. He's played right out the gate. Like this is. I have a. If you were to put a percentage chance, and we just talked about this with Linderbaum, if you were to put a percentage chance on a guy who will have the longest and best career. Like I think Evan Neal is probably got to be at the top of this list. Like, like it's just, yeah, and just like he, I don't know if he'll be a star, but he's gonna give you top ten left tackle play or right tackle play wherever you want to slot him. Some people even like him at guard and move him at guard, but whatever you want to put him. Again, the yeah. same the same thing with Jordan Davis when you see, when you just see him walk in the building, you're like, I want that guy on my team. Yeah, he's the biggest guy in the room. All right. I'm on my team. I'm going to continue this going. Ikum Aquanu. All right. Are you ready for just probably one of the most interesting men in the draft? Buckle up for this one. Grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. He was involved in theater growing up. That was his first passion. He starred in the lead in 101 Dalmatians in fifth grade. Can you, I want to ask you this. What is 101 Dalmatians? What is the, like, I know Disney. the movie. Yeah, but what is the plot behind it? Is it just someone with a 101 Dalmatians? Yeah. And Cruella DeVille's trying to get, make fur out of the dogs. Okay. Like a fur jacket. That's kind of sad. Yeah. But that's why they got to stop it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking today, like, I don't remember really watching. And I've seen girls be Cruella for Halloween and stuff. Okay. Is that the yeah. one with the, the split hair yeah, and with the cane? Like okay. A Dalmatian. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> um, he played both offense and defense in high school. He also did wrestling and track. He was a shot putter. He ran. He ran. The, he was on the hundred meter and relay team back in college at this uh, in high school at this size. He is super smart. He had a ninety. He had a four GPA. Sorry, so like a ninety nine average if you want to do Canadian style um, grades. But yeah, four GPA basically. Uh, he got offers from Harvard and Yale to go play there. They want him to be on like his engineering team. Like this is the smartest human being in the draft class. Like he is an absolute. He's an icon. He's just. He's got it all. After his junior season, North Carolina State offered him a uh, a full scholarship in February 2018. He chose them over Georgia Tech, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Ohio State and Alabama also kicked tires, but he ended up going to North Carolina State. His main recruiter at NC State was Dwayne Ledford, who is now the offensive line coach for the NFL Falcons. Ecom goes by the nickname Icky and is, was given his name. Now was the guy who gave him that first name. And his name is actually pronounced Ikum Fenu is from the Igbo language. It means my strength is not, my strength will not be in vain. So there's just some cool, cool nuggets. Yeah, this guy's awesome. This is the guy I want to have, I want to have a coffee with or sit down, have a drink with. Like this is, he's probably got a lot of stories and just a lot of knowledge you want to kind just of poke into. Just turn 21. It, so you can just it, it, there you uh, go. do it. Yeah. You can go with Bud Light together when you're retired. He is the best run blocking tackle in this class and probably the best run blocking tackle to come out of college in a super long time. Um, Brandon Thorne, who is a guy that I really trust when it comes to offensive linemen and defensive linemen, he said he's pro he said he is the best off run blocking tackle to come out since Trent Williams. He's got a lot of Trent Williams in his game, a lot of Jason Peters as well, a lot of comparisons to him. And Jason Peters is a legend, one of my favorite football players of all time. So if you could be Jason Peters and you got yourself a good one, he's an absolute monster when he runs outside. He is meant for Kyle Shanahan's offense. He's meant to run outside zone. He's meant to get on the move. Like, if this guy, you don't want this guy pulling your way. Like, he plays angry. He plays mean. He's so good on the move. And he did it all at NC State. They, they ran kind of a pro-style offense there so he can do it all. But, however, weaknesses, he's still raw. 
doesn't not the best pass uh, not the best pass blocking technique. So I think a good offensive line coach will help him a lot in the NFL. And it's gonna depend where he goes. I think is a big thing with um with Aquanu. Like if you get him in Kyle Shannon like a system like that where you're moving, you're going outside zone. You got yourself you got yourself a star. If you're kind of just planting him as a pass blocker and just sitting him there, then I don't know. I I think I think uh, I think destination is gonna be key for him. And uh, anything else on weaknesses is pretty much it. He oversets a, f- a couple times. He, he kind of just wants to attack right away. He's got that kind of that mindset where he wants to just go, and he kind of just sometimes oversets and maybe pushes too hard. All right. I think Uquanu is a top 5-7 pick, 100%. The talent's there. And I think Jacksonville should take a long, long, hard look at Uquanu at number one overall. He is six foot four. He's 310 pounds, ran a 4-9-3-4. He's got all the tangibles, got all the body type, got everything you want in a star tackle. Look, Doug Peterson just stepped in this building. Doug Peterson is an offensive guy. Trevor Lawrence, like, just because you franchise take Cam Robinson doesn't mean you shouldn't go get Trevor Lawrence some more help. I, I look, I, I think this should be the number one overall pick. I do. I, I That's my conclusion. That's who the, the Jacksonville Jaguars should take first overall, and I think he's got it all. I think this is a star, star in the making. Dainberger has him as his number one tackle. He has him ahead of Neil. He has him as his number two overall prospect. So, I mean, we're talking about a true blue chipper here. I personally think for Jacksonville that Neil might be the better option just because he has experience playing right tackle. That's true. I don't know if you want. I mean, actually, Panay Sewell last year played right tackle and was a stud. Mm-hmm. Like, some people say it's incredibly difficult to switch over. Some people say it's not that hard. I've never played offensive tackle, so I'm not going to comment on it. <laughs> but I completely agree with you in the fact that just because you have Cam Robinson, that should not block anybody from being drafted. He And he's yes. on a franchise. He's not there long term. Exactly. Cam Robinson's been super disappointing. Like, Yeah, I, he's like probably in that 20 range for tackles. Left tackles, so yeah, get Trevor Lawrence help. Aquano or Neal should be the pick, in so my opinion. Breaking news from Pat Leonard. Um, uh, he is a columnist for the New York Daily News. He writes for the Giants. The New York Giants are looking to trade Kadarius Tony. He's on the market. Their first round pick from last year. Why? So apparent. So there was some rumblings. Tony didn't show up to um, didn't show up to voluntary workouts. Voluntary workouts started basically across the league. For some teams mm-hmm. this this week, and he wasn't there. He was a no show, and it sounds like there's some beef. I guess um, the new coach have a reason. No, I'm just Pat Leonard just says he wants to get traded. Uh, there's not too much on it right now, but this is uh wow, it's wide receivers, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, like right. this is um. Like Brian Dable comes in and you're looking to get rid of the first round pick from last year. Tony's got a talent. Actually, had good years. Yeah, he's in an otherwise disappointing offense. Super talented kid. It's yeah. uh, it's interesting. All right, we'll monitor it. Yeah. All right, keep it rolling I here. Is am that, now we, going we have, to. We have no more big boys, right? That was nope, it. Nope, that's the lineman. Okay. I am going to now tell you about my absolute favorite player in this draft. Let's get saucy, Warnsy. Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Thought the nickname Sauce was going to be for a specific reason, but it's actually just given to him by a youth football coach due to his overwhelming swag. Oh, that, what do you mean for that is the reason? I don't know, I, I don't know why. I thought it was something like going to be like something to do with food or like, 
I don't know, sauce? I, well, sauce, swag, I, I think that's the perfect reason. And yeah. you know what? I don't want to hear any news stations or any sports radio, nothing, calling him a mod. It's sauce. <laughs> if you got a nickname that freaking cool, you better use it. That's right. In high school, he was only 5'8", a buck 40, and he was a wide receiver who struggled to see playing time. And But in his junior year, he became a two-way guy, and he basically started playing cornerback halfway through the season because his team had injuries. So they flipped him over to cornerback, and he took off. In his senior season, he earned first-team All-State honors, but he was still only a three-star recruit due to his very slender frame, and he only received minimal interest. But Cincinnati coach Luke Fickle took a strong liking to him and uh, brought him in. He had a growth spurt somewhere along the way because he's now six foot three with incredibly long arms. I think if you were to build a cornerback in a lab, this is what you would start with. His frame, his height, his long arms, mm-hmm. very Jalen Ramsey-esque body type. Yep. He's very flexible hips and he's got good acceleration to keep up with speed receivers. Nine career interceptions at college and his three interceptions last year are actually incredibly impressive. Considering he only saw 2.9 targets per game (laughs) and he still somehow managed three interceptions on the season and he was getting less than three balls per game thrown at him. Just terrified of going that way. He also didn't give up a single reception of over 20 yards last year. Missed one game in three years. He's a durable guy. Let's talk about some of the weaknesses. He needs to get stronger. He He's great in press coverage, but some more strength would help. But the positive on that is he has the frame where he can put on more weight and get stronger. Um, He turns 22 in August, so that strength should come. He's still a young guy. And he was penalized nine times over the last two years, but it prob- some scouts might look at that as a weakness. Some scouts might look at that as a positive because he's in a very aggressive style corner. Penalties are going to come when you play his style of cornerback. You just kind of got to live with it. And this is the most outrageous stat I've heard while scouting any of these guys in this class. Zero touchdowns allowed in 1,103 coverage snaps in his college career. This guy pitched a perfect game (laughs) his entire college career. Yep. This is the best prospect in the draft, in my opinion. I think he should be the number one overall pick. I don't think he will be because of what we just talked about with Jacksonville needing help. Trevor Lawrence or just the defensive end talent. Mm -hmm. I think this guy's the best player in the draft. I think he has a higher ceiling than Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he is Jalen Ramsey 2.0, and whoever gets this guy is going to get the best player of this draft. I would 100% take Sauce Gardner over Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker, like in a heartbeat, like in a snap decision. I don't go back to the conversation. I don't get the hype for both those guys at first overall. You're 100% right. He's got Jalen Ramsey potential written all over him. It's funny. Jalen Ramsey, I was listening to a podcast today, and they were taking a look back at some uh, some trades like for like player trades, like draft pick for player trades. Jalen Ramsey's the only guy that was worth the two first-round pick trades, basically. Like Out of all the guys that, went, that got traded, Cleo Mack, maybe you could – that's an argument for another day. But like having a long, sticky corner like that can impact your defense like that is very valuable – and if a guy like Sauce Gardner is sitting there at first overall Jacksonville and you don't want to go offense 
take a swing on him over one of these defensive linemen. If you don't want Thibodeau for whatever reason, because of the crypto crap, if you don't want an offensive lineman for whatever Trembalki, whatever Trembalki's thinking, just give it a shot at Sauce. I agree. Yeah, and the way football is transitioning pass heavy, you need two cornerbacks in this league now. You yep. Say the Detroit Lions sitting at two, just because you drafted Jeff Okuda two years ago just should not take you out of drafting Ahmad Gardner. Mm-hmm. He's from Detroit, Michigan as well. Let's see. Let's see where he goes, but I think this guy is going to be the best pick Oh, of the he's draft. from Michigan. He's from Detroit. Yeah. Like, nobody's talking about this that's, guy being a top that's interesting. two pick. Why Could not? The Lions, who are the Lions in the secondary right now? I can't even, Akuda. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, that, that, might, that might have some PTSD to them, though. Right. right? Yeah, you know what I mean? They that don't was, want, was that, that was a, a Patricia pick, Yo, though? that was Matt Patricia, yeah. Yeah. Different, different GM, different ownership. So, Or not ownership, a different GM and, and head coach. So, yeah, you're right there. Okay, I'm going to go Kair Elam. Grew up in Riviera Beach, Florida. Didn't play football until he was grade 7. But boy, did he take off in high school. As a senior, Elam led Benjamin high school. He went to in um, in Florida to a 9-2 record. And he finished with 27 receptions, 544 yards, 5 touchdowns. And on defense, teams completely stayed away from passing him. Not a lot of stats there because the teams just didn't throw his way. He was absolutely sticky in coverage. He ended up with the Palm Beach 5A Defensive Player of the Year Honors with 19 tackles and 3 interceptions his final season. Six corner recruits in the country, 48th overall. He ended up committing to his hometown, Florida Gators, baby. And um, and he had a great sophomore and junior season um, at Florida. He was awesome there. The one thing that he had interceptions, three his, ju- his freshman year, and then it kind of went down to his sophomore and one his juniors. That's a weakness, which I, I guess I'll touch on some more later. But his strengths weren't. He's six foot one with 76 and a half inch wingspan. Perfect, perfect corner body type and he ran a 4.39 so he's got fast straight line speed apparently can play man and zone very well he's got all the traits he's got the whole body he's got the whole kind of package but weaknesses so when i watched him and i i watched i clicked on him a couple weeks ago and i it kind of i wanted to watch more yesterday and today to just kind of make sure i got the right opinion on it he does not look like he runs a 439 I just, I don't see it. I don't really see the speed there. His stop and starts weren't amazing. He kind of, like, double moves I could see being a problem for him in the NFL. Committed seven penalties in 10 games in 2021, including four defensive holding calls. And his interception numbers went down every year. I wanted to like Elam because I think there's potential he could fall out of the first round. And if the Eagles don't get a corner in the first I have him as a second round. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I, I, I do think there's potential he could go. Like, I, I think Tampa at the end of the first round is a team to watch out for or something like that. But um, I just – I'm not huge. I'm not a big – I wanted to like him more. I, I tried. Like, two weeks ago, I was like – I was reading the profile. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this guy could be a perfect second-round uh, second corner. And then when I started to see him getting first-round hype, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really see it there. Like, Andrew Booth, Derek Stingley – Trent McDuffie and Sauce Gardner, I think, are just a tier above Elam. And I think those four are probably the only four first-round graded cornerbacks there should be in this draft. So I th- I like him in the second round, not big him on the first round. But he's got an inch. He's I, I think he's he's got to prove that he can't that he can't get beat deep, and he's got to prove that that's that game speed matches the four point three nine forty because I just didn't see it on tape. But uh, he's an interesting guy. He's an interesting cat. He's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of p- potential just with his intangibles, with his body and his uh, and his wingspan. Yeah, he's got the great body yep. for a 
for a corner. And if if you're taking this guy in the second round, that's a great pick. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah, like I don't, wouldn't reach for him in the first round, but like I just said uh, with Gardner, you need two, three corners on the field at all times now. He could probably play a slot with that speed if he had to. I, I, I like him. Mm-hmm. All righty. Let me tell you about Trent McDuffie here. Oh, I love me some Trent McDuffie, Warnsey. Grew up in Orange County, California. Played both sides of the ball in high school. He ran some track, and he had a personal best 10.82 100-yard dash. So, yes, speed is his game. He was a number 19 recruit in the state of California. He received offers from all over the country. He kind of surprisingly chose Washington, but it was due to their track record with defensive backs. Yeah, they breed defensive backs. That's why I wanted to go there. He wears number 22 because that was his older brother's number who unfortunately passed away when Trent was only in grade 8. So hopefully you can can continue to wear that number for him. Strengths, speed, speed, speed. He's really athletic as well. He's explosive but still patient. He doesn't panic which allows him to use that speed to recover. Really high motor. He's good versus the run for his size, and he could return punts if he has to, and he is very coachable. Sorry, that was funny. (laughs) Punts. Weaknesses. Does not have elite size or length. Probably maxed out physically already with his frame. Bigger receivers might be able to shield him and win jump balls at the next level. That's pretty much his biggest concern. It will be his size. He's only six foot. His outstanding athleticism and intelligence make him a high floor prospect. Mm-hmm. I think, like we I just mentioned, Ahmad Gardner is my clear-cut number one overall prospect. Stingley has definitely has a higher ceiling than McDuffie. But McDuffie's floor is definitely higher than Stingley. So it's kind of, I think you'll see a lot of people in this draft have their cornerback two be, it's up for grabs between Stingley and McDuffie. And I personally would not blame anybody who has McDuffie ahead of Stingley just based on the fact he has a higher floor. So I, for the pretty much the entire process, I had McDuffie as my cornerback number two. I liked him a ton. And then I started digging in more to Stingley in this exercise Change my mind. I am. I think I got. I think I'm gonna go Stingley at cornerback number two. Yeah, just this, like I when I was reading on Stingley and just watching some more on him, like some of what I'm gonna tell you about him is insane. The guy is a freak. But um, McDuffie's fun, fun, fun watch. If you want to go watch a, a cool defensive player, like the way he plays, he's like a bulldog. Like he's got he's got the smaller frame, but man, like he his game speed. Like just going from uh just going from Elam to like to McDuffie, like the game speed is just all day different. Like McDuffie attacks the ball. If he can get like a nice zones defensive system, like he doesn't have to play a ton of man coverage, that's the one kind of knock on him. He can be a superstar. Like he's I I I had a ton of fun watching a Trump McDuffie. It's a guy I'm gonna be rooting for. Do you think the size is like a big thing? Do you think being five eleven with a small wingspan is gonna hurt him too much or I do, but yeah. he's a competitor. He's got, he's got that motor and that dog type mentality. He's gonna fight for balls. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, like I said, high floor. Like he's gonna play in the NFL. Wherever he goes, he's gonna be an NFL player. I think he steps in day one, he can start no yeah, matter where he goes. Exactly. All right. Let's go. Let's continue with the corners. I'm gonna go. This is buckle up for this one. I've had some cool, cool guys to read off to you. This is this is one. Derek Stingley, cornerback at LSU. <coughs> Excuse me. Grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And listen to this, boys. Buckle up. Started doing cornerback drills with his dad at age three. I repeat, started doing cornerback with his drills with his dad at age three. His dad was actually drafted by the Philadelphia Phillies in 1983. And his dad was actually the coach of the Philadelphia Arena football team. He spent 24 seasons coaching and playing in the Arena Football League. So he's been kind of around town. So Stingley then started playing football at the age of five and youth football throughout middle school. At age 13, Stingley enrolled in Dunham School again. Age 13 to a private school at Bount Rouge, Dunham School at Bount Rouge, and saw varsity action in the eighth grade at wide receiver and cornerback. Recorded two interceptions in the eighth grade varsity. So that means he was playing, again, against 17-year-old guys at the age of 13. Like, I, I couldn't believe when I was reading when I was reading this. It's outstanding. As a junior, he gave up only one reception for 11 yards. Let me repeat that. He gave up one reception for 11 yards and finished with 64 tackles and 11 interceptions as a junior. As a senior, Stingley didn't allow a single reception. He posted four interceptions and returned one for a touchdown. He added 24 receptions and 670 yards and 12 touchdowns as a running back and wide receiver. He became the first player in school history to win Louisiana Mr. Football Award and was named U.S. Army All-American in the 2018 Louisiana Gatorade Player of the Year. This is... You can, this resume might be one of the greatest high school football players of all time. No catches. Like, not, didn't not allow a single catch. Pass. Not even a not screen Not even pass. a screen pass. Didn't allow a single reception. He was the number one corner recruit in the country. The number third overall recruit in the nation. Only behind Nolan Smith and Kayvon Thibodeau. Which I thought was pretty interesting. Kid was an absolute stud from a young age. He ended up committing to um, Ed Orgeron's LSU Tigers. Um, and ended up winning a national championship there. And that year, he was outstanding. That uh, like that 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 um, that freshman year that that he had, he was a complete stud as a freshman, ladies and gentlemen. Twenty one pass breakups, twenty one pass breakups in a single season as a freshman, and had six interceptions in twenty nineteen on arguably the best college football team in ever, maybe the best offense almost ever. You can yeah, argue that that yeah. 2019 LSU team was one of the best college teams in of all time. In recent memory, yeah. they're the best. He, his college um, DBs coach said he had better technique as a freshman that he's seen in corners in the NFL, but injuries happened. He Injuries derailed his sophomore and junior year. He only ended up playing a combined 10 games over the last two seasons. So strength, he's only 20 years old. He turns 21 in June, so he's still super young. My type of guy. If you listen, if you've been listening to these kind of uh these player reviews that Eric and I have been doing, I am a sucker for age. I'm an ageist when it comes to the NFL draft. I hate to say it, but I am an ageist when it comes to this stuff. And if you're only 20 years old going into the draft, like you're my type of player. He has a size and length to be just like a straight up man cover corner. And he's real man coverage is his like strength. Like kind of like you said with Sauce Gardner, this is like this is just the same, not the same type of player. That he's a little bit smaller, but they can. He's got that kind of sticky man coverage um, ability. Smoothest hip turn that I like. I was watching him and like that freshman season, like the freshman highlights, like the way he just turns around and gets the ball, smooths it, like whips his hips around, is outstanding. 
He is the definition of a sticky cover corner. Weaknesses, injuries, of course, were a huge issue, like I brought up. He ended up missing more games in college over the last two years than playing in, so that is a problem. And he had a Liz Frank injury, and Liz Frank injuries are not kind to corners and receivers. Like Al the Liz Frank injury derailed Alshon Jeffrey's career, basically, right? He was never the same. I know he's 20, he can recover from it, but it is something, I think, if you had that in your uh in your final season at LSU. Not really good against the run, so not really a guy you want to be. Like, if you're going to throw a sweep to a Derrick Henry, I don't know if he's the guy you want to go up against a Derrick Henry. And, um, yeah, he missed more games there's than he played. No, there's no cornerback. Yeah, that that's true. That. I saw, like, the they had, like a, a stiff arm highlight reel on, t on Twitter of Derrick Henry, like, today. I was like, there was one against Buffalo. Who was it? Josh, Josh Norman. Norman. Like, just absolutely violated there's him. There's some good memes yeah. about that one. So, my opinion has changed on Derrick Stingley since I did this exercise. I had him at cornerback three, basically, this entire process. I am bumping him up to cornerback number two. I, I think this is a guy, this is a top eight, top nine pick. I think top eight. I think that's fair to say. He's uh, he's cornerback number two. I think Sauce Garner is probably the best corner. You probably take him over Singley, but Singley's not too far behind. This guy's got like just tons and tons and tons of upside. Like 21-year-old, fresh 21-year-old kid um, coming off some injuries, but he's healthy now. You get him right away. Like the, the sky's the limit for these two. The, Stingley and Sauce are just like terrific, terrific prospects. Yeah, like yeah, great prospects. So I hope so bad this guy stays healthy. Yeah, I know. Same. Like he could be the next LSU corner, Patrick Peterson type, just stud for a, as long as he stays healthy. He will be a stud. Twenty-one passes defended as a freshman. It's insane. It's outrageous. Twenty-one with six picks yeah. like that. Like. That ball, that type of like just ball production, like you don't see that ever. Like the, yeah. they weren't trying to attack him; and he was just having absolutely none of it. No one was getting in his way. That it was like when he, I remember that freshman year, like everyone thought this was going to be number one overall pick. Like yeah. he was, he was slated to be number one overall pick. It just, it's tough. He, he kind of just ran into injuries, and it happens when you play. I feel like a lot of the players we talked about, when you have a stud freshman year, it kind of. Fall, you don't live up to the expectations of your freshman year almost, if that makes sense. Like George Pickens was a perfect kind of an example of that as well. But yeah, I like myself as Singley. He's CB2 for me. Nice, yeah. Uh, I expect him to go in the top 10. Yep. I love to, I, I would draft anybody from the SEC. Just, yeah. They breed football players. All right, we got two safeties on the board. Let's take it home. Oh, I forgot we still have somebody. Yeah. You have Kyle and Hamilton. This guy might be the. Most interesting prospect yeah. in the draft? Yeah. Completely forgot. Here we go. Kyle Hamilton coming out of Notre Dame. Grew up in Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. Georgia boy. Basketball was actually probably his first sport as his father played pro over in Europe. He played quarterback growing up before breaking his wrist, which maybe ended up not being a bad thing because it moved him to the defensive side of the ball. Received both basketball and football scholarship offers, and it sounds like it was a really tough decision for him between choosing basketball or football. He ended up going with football. Interesting to note, they did say that if he was a pure defensive-minded basketball player as well, just hmm. gritty on the defensive end. He kind of matches his game. Exactly. Yeah. Strengths every bit of six foot four and has length. 
When I look at him, I literally think like Masai Ujiri's mouth would be watering. <laughs> just the length of his, this guy. His like his arms look freaky. Yeah, like he like looks. He, he's got a freaking weird build. Yeah, we both just did the same like arm motion. Yeah, but, like when you see him on tape, it's like he's but definition of like just length. what you want in the back in, the, in your secondary. Very explosive player, which pairs really well with his high IQ. He is an outstanding tackler. And the scary thing is he could probably still add some bulk to his frame. Yep. Word for him is versatile. Coach at Notre Dame was quoted saying the ego doesn't match the talent. He's a very humble guy and was a team captain. Weaknesses. He can be a little bit too conservative at times. would like to see some more aggression. Uh, he needs to work on his blitzing. He only started 18 games at Notre Dame, but he's only 21. He was injured for the second half of last season. And so the real the real conversation surrounding Kyle Hamilton, in my opinion, there's a fine line between versatile and positionless. Mm-hmm. I, I think what's holding me back on Kyle Hamilton is that I was in love with Isaiah Simmons a couple of years ago. I thought he was a no-brainer, going to be... And the reason I loved him was you can play him at any position. You know what's funny? But I, the problem is, if he's not, he might be positionless. Yeah. You know what's funny? I remember that draft. That was kind of when we first started. Was it when we first started? I think that was the first time I bet on the draft. Yeah. And you were like so heavy on the Cardinals drafting a defensive yeah, player. And yeah. it ended up paying off for you. Yeah. I just a random memory from that draft. But yeah. But yeah, like I don't. I kind of, I think he's very, very similar to Simmons, who's a guy who he's, let's be honest, he's struggled his first couple years in the NFL. Yep. So system is going to be a huge thing for Kyle Hamilton. If he can get on a team with a genius defensive coordinator, someone who's creative, knows how to use them, sky's the limit for this guy. If he goes to a system where they don't use them properly, he has a little bit of bust potential. Do you think the speed is an, a, th- a problem, like his 40-yard dash times? Well, he's such a high IQ player, yeah. so I'm not as worried about that. I kind of consider it similar to hockey. When guys are like, oh, that guy can't skate. It's like, but he's in the right spot at all times. Mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton has that to him. He Maybe he might not be the fastest, but he's already in the right position before the ball even gets there. That's a great answer. That's what I would have said, too. I, I don't, I'm not worried about this, the speed. Like The game speed's there. Like if you watch him on tape, it does, I don't see a guy that that didn't run very well. I don't see a guy that ran a four seven the combine, and he ran a four five nine at his pro day. So fuck the combine time. He was way better at his pro day. I think this is a top ten pick. I think it's a top nine, top eight pick. God, if he falls, if he can fall to ten, man. If I'm Philly, I'm I'm phoning the New York Jets so right away, and I'm trying to get I'm trying to get the ten and take him. I think this is I think this is potentially the best player in the draft. The position value is is definitely a, a problem, and but people like to bring up, but just this this guy screams blue chip player. All right, I'm gonna take us home, ladies and gentlemen, with Dax Hill, one of my favorite players in the draft. Grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. As a senior, Hill was named U.S. Army All American in the 2018-2019 Gatorade Player of the Year in Oklahoma. He finished with 93 tackles, nine TFLs, 11 passes defended, three forced fumbles, and two interceptions. Man was an absolute monster in his senior year in Oklahoma. He gave up basketball after his freshman year and lettered in track as sophomore, posting personal bests. I mean, the 100 meters in his senior in his sophomore. Year strengths. He is fast, boys. 
This is a quick, quick safety. You're in a 4-3-8 at the 40-yard dash. You don't really see, like, as a safety running a 4-3-8, like, that is Quite very impressive. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> like, and it's it's on tape. Like, if you see this guy, like, it matches his game speed. He is fun. Fun, fun, fun player. Can match any athlete on the field. Like, this is a guy that can kind of go up against a fast slot receiver. If you put a dude in the slot, this guy can come down, play you right up man-to-man. He can match anyone. Get He can also get across the field quick, like, if you're playing a single high, this is this is the definition. If you want to play the old Seattle Seahawks defenses with single high safety, Dax Hill is the dude that you want back there because he can He's go the, across the field. He can do it all. He can get he can get across the field how, and quick. How about Earl Thomas back in the news? Yeah, to make you a see comeback. that. Thirty three years old. He wants yeah. to play again. Do you think his team size? I think it, the team will take a swing. Know, but I just brought that up because Dax Hill's player comparison would probably be Earl Thomas. Yeah, fair, fair, good point. Um, yeah, quick at reading what's happened. Like quick, quick at reading what's happening. Similar to kind of Kyle Hamilton, they both are just smart athletes. Um, and he he can he kind of comes out of nowhere. Like there's a couple times when you see like I was watching on tape today, like a couple times where the camera's not even he's not even in in the camera and he's already coming flying out of nowhere. Like he's that quick, super fascinating player. Just like just my type of my type of guy. Weaknesses, he just doesn't have the body really. Like that's probably the the biggest uh, biggest not going to be six feet one ninety weight in it, but he looks a little skinnier than that. I feel like if if you got like a big slot receiver and he you want to cover him like I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a good example of it I don't but like a lot of teams play their routes like their big receivers inside nowadays like they're kind of you can move them all over the field so that does seem like you don't want this guy going up against DK Metcalf basically like yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good example for it but um might struggle against kind of bigger guys I am a massive Daxel fan if you haven't already noticed I think he's worth a top twenty pick I would take him in the top twenty. All day, every day. I think he's going to be a stud. I think him and Kyle Hamilton have star potential, both of them. If I'm the Eagles and he's there at 18 and you took a wide receiver, for instance, at 15. Is that why Matthew hasn't signed yet? Yeah, potentially. You know, you're right. Potentially. I think this is a guy who would take an 18 for the Eagles. I, I just, he's he's super fun. Again, just go watch him on tape. You won't regret it. He's uh, He's got it all. Top 20 pick for sure. I can't yeah. remember the last time two Safety is one of the top 20. Yeah. I feel like that's rare. It does not happen. There's position value. Yeah. So I wanted to bring something up before we go. And I heard this um, shout out to uh, Birds with Friends podcast. They, uh, I was listening to it last night and they brought up this theory. And I, I brought it to you this morning. I want, I want to get your take on it. Do the San Francisco 49ers pass on Aiden Hutchinson because Trent Balky doesn't like Jim Harbaugh and Hutchinson is a Michigan guy? Do you think they're the, do you think that is potentially a reason? Do you think Balky is that much of a douchebag or? I think he is, but I, you can't let that stuff get in the room, right? Like that can't. It's Trent Balky we're talking Are about you a here. Professional, <laughs> yeah. ah, maybe. Is Aiden but, Hutchinson the number one overall pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars? No matter what, if he doesn't play at Michigan University, I don't know. You and I both agree we're not as high on Hutchinson. We'll oh get no, our, but like the, just I the know. production level, like he's like the production value, and like if you just want to start. A solid player in there, yes. Like he's got that number one potential, but just from the player tape of what I've watched, no. I'm just, I I found it, I found that kind of interesting. Yeah, no, that I I love a crackpot theory as yep. much as the next guy. So something we'll keep an eye on, and really looking forward to getting our mocks going. So Chrissy Freud will be on the podcast on Monday. She is a quarterback interview. She's basically interviewed almost every quarterback you can think of in college. She is awesome. She works for the Draft Network. So really looking forward to having her on on Monday. On Tuesday, Jill Gallant 
of FTN Network, friend of the show, one of my good buddies, who I did the Anytime Touchdown show with, will be on to do some gambling preview on Tuesday. Eric and I will also be having some gambling preview as well on Tuesday and mock draft. It's time, to, it's time to do a mock draft. We'll bring you hours next week. Please, please, please check out all the episodes that we have dropped. We have done edge rushers. We've done wide receivers. We've done quarterbacks. Make sure to check them out. We've done it all week, put in a ton of work, ton of content. It's been awesome falling in love with another draft class. Also, please check out the draft prospect interviews I've been doing. I've already interviewed five of them. And there'll be two more coming this weekend. I've had a blast talking to these kids, man. It's been fun. It's been fun kind of learning about these these dudes. I'm really looking forward to seeing where these kids go in the draft. And please hit the subscribe button if you haven't. This has been an awesome week. We are ready for the draft. And we will, like always, talk to you later.